It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Good morning. If you are just joining us here on the Lawn and Garden Show, you have realized, you've had an hour to at least realize the thought has occurred to you. This is not Walter. This is Ashley Frask of Triple Team Traffic on WSB sitting in for Walter. I'm allowed to do so a few times a year. I really enjoy it. Walter is out this Saturday and next. So you have me and some special guests to help answer your question. Today, I'm joined in studio by Mark Banta, the president and CEO of Piedmont Park. And Mark, you've had a great career in Atlanta, Centennial, well, Extension Office, Centennial Olympic Park. Piedmont Park, you've done a lot for the city. We're aging me, but yes, I've been doing this <laughs> a while. All of that has while. been done within a 10-year span, Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was very, very quick. Uh, <laughs> but it's been fun. You know, the, the, the span of things from being a county agent back with Walter in DeKalb County in the 80s to uh, getting to go do Olympic Park, Centennial Olympic Park, and uh, then a Dallas Park in between then and there, and then coming back to our, our grand old dame, Piedmont Park, uh, has been such a treat, and um, really getting to see Atlanta to grow and the magic. I like to talk about the magic of green space, how these green spaces and these parks are so important to our quality of life. And uh, the conservancy that I work for now has just been so instrumental in making Piedmont Park what it is with the $66 million worth of improvements over 25 years and then uh, working so hard to keep the park nice and, and the uh, the amenities so special for people that want to come and use the well, park. What can citizens do? I mean, our listening audience is all over metro atlanta and you don't have to live in midtown or the city to appreciate piedmont park and what it has to offer but what can citizens do to help that want to keep the park pretty and that love keeping it alive and love that lifestyle and that culture yeah you know a lot of people would uh assume that either all the festivals that are there are paying to to the conservancy to maintain the park or that there's direct funding from the city of atlanta but neither is true actually the piedmont park conservancy is self-funded and they do it through memberships, just like public broadcasting, you know, is membership supported. That's what happens with Piedmont Park Conservancy. So people can volunteer with their time. They can participate in the fundraisers and the programs that we do. Uh, they can go on our website and learn more about us. And if they believe in what we do and the and the difference that we make, uh, they can support us uh, with their donations. And it's a, it's a wonderful organization that's really made an impact on the quality of life for Atlantans. And that website, PiedmontPark.org. And also, I always tell folks when they have out-of-town company coming in, go to Piedmont Park. Go to the Atlanta Botanical Gardens. Those are my two highlights. I used to be a sports person, so I'd say, oh, take them to a Braves game. But womp, womp, this wasn't a great (laughs) season. So, I mean, I'm geared more towards the outdoors now. You have out-of-town guests, especially with young children. Take them to the park. You know, Ashley, and that's so true, there's something, a little something for everybody, and and the green markets are still running right now off of 12th Street uh, Gate, and that's free and and wonderful fresh produce, locally grown uh, things that you can see and do. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's there's a little something for everybody, but I really encourage people that haven't been there. You and I were talking about growing up. I grew up in DeKalb County, and then you were Cherokee, uh, County. Cherokee County. So we didn't come down to Piedmont Park in our youth, but the park in just the last six or seven years has continued to change so much that when people do come down, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this world-class dog park, the largest off-leash dog park 
in the area is right here in Piedmont Park, and it is so fun to people watch down there. Oh, absolutely. And so many selfies on Facebook. Oh, my goodness. People I'm Facebook friends with. Selfies in Piedmont Park, whether you're (laughs) walking your dog or throwing a Frisbee or just laying there in the grass. So, well, folks, thanks for joining us on the Lawn and Garden Show. We are getting through some great calls today. We will continue to do so for the next two hours. And then it's Dave Baker with the Home Fix-It Show starting at 9. He's bumped off a little early, 11.30, for Georgia Bulldogs pregame that starts at 11.30 here on the Home of the Dogs. 404-872-0750. That's the number Hal from Swanee called in. Good morning, Hal. Good morning, uh, Ashley. Uh, as a uh, mobile technician, thank you for uh, all the work that you and Mark Aram and uh, all the team does for keeping us informed with traffic. Appreciate it. Thank you. We do it for you guys, and we certainly do it to honor the legacy of Captain Herb as well. We we talk about him and joke and make references to him every day in the traffic center. It's it's wonderful memories. Thank you, Hal. Oh, you're quite welcome. How you doing, my brother? Good. How Hal? about yourself? I'm doing well, sir. Um, we're finally uh, over in Alabama getting our grandfather's uh, place rebuilt. And uh, we're, because of the elevation change that the uh, Corps of Engineers have instructed, uh, our house, new, new house that we're building is going to have about a 30 to 45 degree angle hill coming off of state land. We're state land on three sides. Is going to come down, and I don't want to obviously plant grass. We have sorghum, which is slow growing enough, but uh, the hill will want to put some ground cover. And with my experience with juniper, I don't think I want to do that again. And I uh, wanted to know if you had any recommendations that would be low maintenance, uh, would get mostly full sun, but not all day long. Wow. You know, and when is this? Is this slope already prepared, or is it to be prepared? It's to be prepared, and it's probably going to be early spring when it's when it's ready. Yeah, I tell you what, um, that that is um, a potentially highly erodible slope, as you've probably figured out. Um, and I'd almost like to see you use um, more than than one solution for it. Um, are you familiar with any of the uh, weed control mats that are produced that have stuff already in them that can be put out? And and how finished an area does this need to be? Is this going to be uh, highly visible from the home so that it's something you have to look at every day, or is it more kind of a service area? Um, well, yes and no. It's going to be directly out of uh, mom's bedroom. Um out of the back of the house. So I would say we're going to look at about a 250-degree viewing area from the master bedroom to the back of the home, and it's going to be fairly close to the actual windows. So, yeah, it's it's going to be visible to her when she's looking out her back window. That would be pretty much it. Man, I I tell you, I I think I would be wanting to do... Something that's that much, I think I, I would not want to do all of one thing. Um, and yeah. it, it sounds a little steep to try and put it in grass. So I might want to put some some rows of shrubs to help um, stabilize the upper part, the, the kind of the top of that slope you're describing, and then use some low-maintenance ground cover. And, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, Lyriope or Liriope, however you want to pronounce it, some of the Mondo grasses. That might make a nice full sun 
uh, highly stable, and because of how that grows, um, it will also kind of spread and, and thicken through there. So I might try a, a two-part solution to that, but I really want to be sure that you don't have an erosion problem. If it's going to be there in the spring and we're starting to get the spring rains, I'd hate to have a mess coming back down towards the house. So, what kind of shrubs up top would you recommend? Uh, I think you know most anything. The uh, evergreen, and uh, I don't know what happens beyond that. I'm trying to visualize it with my mind's eye, but uh, maybe something that's going to stay in the three feet range. So, you may consider. Um, I don't know. There's a whole slew of things that that could work. Uh, Oh, sorry. There's a list on Walter's website as well that that breaks down categorically by size or by sunlight. You know, shrubs. If you need ideas for yeah. what to put in there, go to WalterReeves.com, and I think you might find a good list. Hal. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Good to talk to you. Take care, yeah. Hal. Thank Bye. you, Hal. That's that's quite the task. And I want to remind folks too, Pike Nursery has a great landscape design department as well. So, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've got an uh, a sloped yard. I'm going to have to tear out some crawling juniper here pretty soon, but I need landscape design just to help me with the basics and the water flow and things like that. That can be so overwhelming for a homeowner who's it not can, familiar. Yeah, it can just be so daunting. There's so many choices, but going through with a designer like that can help you begin to visualize and taking pictures of the spot that you're going to try to do. I was trying to picture what Hal was describing, but pictures speak a thousand words. So if you can do that, and then um, that'll help give some good ideas. Knowing how much sun, those are critical uh, factors as well. Yeah, things as a homeowner you just really never thought you'd pay attention to, but you know where the sun rises and sets, how much sun certain areas get. I mean, it all starts with just observation, really. It does. Well, thank you, Mark, for all that help. We've got Jean coming up, question about amaryllis bulbs. We're going to talk about pruning pear and apple trees, and also this is the time of year to be planting trees and shrubs. We want to help you out there and give you the best start possible, so we will be back with all of that. Ashley Frasca, Mark Banta, sitting in on Lawn and Garden. This is WSB. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 62 degrees now on Peachtree Street. Weather brought to you by Ackerman Security. My producer, Scott Maxim, mentioned if you're Herman Munster, you may like the weather today because it's going to be cloudy. <laughs> it's going to be in the low 70s, pop-up showers. Clear skies tonight, though, finally. Overnight lows in the mid-50s, and the chance of showers diminishes. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecasts coming up and Dogs pregame coverage at 11.30 here on WSB. We want to jump out to Gene's call, and then after Gene, see if we have a chance to give away the McDonald's weekend prize. Pack. Good morning, Jean. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm great. So what are you doing with amaryllis? Tell us quickly. Well, I took it out and wrapped it up in paper towels and cut the limb, leaves off and everything. When do I put it back in the dirt so it can bloom over the holidays? Right. In November, we're just a couple weeks away. You, you wanna, do you want to force them so that you want to pot them in October or November, and then um, you want them to come up for the holidays, right? Right. Yep. Right, right about now, the next couple weeks into the early November, you want to put them in well-drained soil and uh, then put them you know, 8 to 12 weeks in the cold frame outdoors in our unheated garage or basement. 
And uh, then uh, after 8 to 12 weeks, uh, you're going to have those shoots emerging. should be out for uh, the holidays, but you need to get started about now. Okay, fine. Thank you. Oh, thank you for calling, Gene. That's a great question. I love when people call at the right time, and we can say, do it now. Do it this weekend. <laughs> All right, Dowden, we're going to do the McDonald's weekend prize pack. We've got a McDonald's $25 arch card and a pair of tickets to see Boss Gags in concert October 21st at Atlanta Symphony Hall, produced by ASO Presents. I want you. I'm going to put the pressure on you. It's nice to turn it around. <laughs> Walter always says, pick a number between two and seven. What color do you want to give the prize pack? Oh, I can only choose between two and seven yeah because our brains okay. we, we got into radio because we don't like math so That's our brains true. don't function much higher than seven i will take caller number four all right that sounds like a fair number thank you dowden good to have you on this morning scott maxim mark down working the show with mark and i we are having a great time it's early grab your coffee join us and give us a call on lawn and garden 404-872-0750 oh you hear the monsters maxim, <laughs> look at that this guy you you, you are awesome. I don't even know what to say. All right, Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves. This is Lawn and Garden, and we will be back right after news, weather, and traffic on WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Good Saturday morning to you. This is Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves on the Lawn and Garden Show here on WSB. We are so glad you joined us. And Mark Banta is with us as well, the president and CEO of Piedmont Park. He is doing a great job fielding your questions. You've had a lot of good ones today. We'll continue that for the next hour and a half if you want to call in, 404-872-0750. And Mark... Earlier in the show, we were talking about this time of year, how busy your activities are at the park and people getting out with fairs and festivals if it ever stops raining. But two, one of my key things in the fall is just always reminding folks, great time to go ahead. And if you're thinking in your head about kind of redesigning the landscape or you want to try some new things and and you're anxious to see how they turn out in the spring, this is the time for a lot of that planting. You got to be thinking ahead to what you want your yard to look like in the spring and summer. Exactly right, Ashley. You know, the in the fall, people get fired up in the spring and it's natural and and the obviously the garden centers, our friends at Pike absolutely love the spring because that's when people come out with spring fever and they're tired of sitting inside the house and they want to plant. But those in the know um, and with classic training know that the fall is really the time to plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually there's been some, some campaigns around that. But the, the cooler temperatures and the cooler soil temperatures, the moisture that's available, really help those plants establish. And this is true whether you're planting a bald and burlap plant or a containerized plant. Um, I, you know, a lot of people love azaleas, but they wait until the spring to plant the azaleas, and then they cook out during the summer, and right. they can't figure out why. Why am I losing these? So the key is on all these plants is to, uh, if you need to renovate your landscape, you want to transplant plants. Uh, you think about those cooler temperatures, and you're, it's so much more forgiving to get these plants moved. Think about it. There is not – you don't have the heat. 
you don't have the the respiration and the water loss that you do during the the spring and the summer. So all the plant has to do is think about reestablishing those root systems, and that's what you want. You go through the winter and into the spring with this massive, well-established root system. It's going to be so much happier as it moves through the future. That's great. See, and I mean, this weekend alone, I mean, I'm thinking I have a sweet shrub to plant, two calicanthus. Yeah. I've got a crepe myrtle to plant, so I'm going to be busy. And I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday who is looking at this area, looking to finally noticing, you know, how shaded it is, but her grand plans for this spot. So I mentioned to her, you know, a company like Premier Tree Solutions, ChopMyTree.com, something like that. This is the time of year to give those guys a call too. start kind of planning out, okay, are there trees I need to have taken down? Or is there some severe pruning, like on a maple that I've got really needs to be severely pruned before I can plant anything around it? There's so much shade, but you kind of have to really start this methodical process of, okay, prepare the landscape, get the trees taken out, whatever, make room for new things. I mean, it is it is very methodical in trying to think, you know, visualize what, what you're going for. It is, and timing's everything. And really, since you we talked about uh, the timing of plants, it's just a good reminder, a good time to talk about how to correctly plant a plant. And and getting that, that whole that that whole size or bed planting shrubs is so much better than digging the hole just the size of the container and then throwing a bunch of potting soil in there. All the research that was done by Will Corley down at Griffin and, and Tim Smalley up at the University of Georgia in Athens has shown that just good soil preparation, digging an extra wide hole three times the width, and then not putting a whole bunch of, of topsoil and, and potting mix and peat moss in it, the native soils are just fine, but they need to be broken up. Well, and you kind of think that, too. We're so accustomed to this Georgia red clay. And think about it, If you just dig a, a cylinder-shaped hole, thinking you're going to stick that tree or that burlap right down in that cylinder-shaped hole, some of that red clay is so stiff and so hard, you really do need to go out further than you think, like you said, to really soften up. I mean, the roots have to have somewhere to go. They can't be contained in this hard wall of red clay. That's right. I mean, they've got to have soft ground to go to. Right. And and as we're, and as we're planting, uh, getting that extra wide hole and then making sure that we, when we use our shovels that we don't glaze the side of the hole if we're if we're digging and it's a little bit wet, we can glaze up the side of that hole, and so it's like a, a clay pot. But you know, people say, "But Mark, you have to use the potting mixes and and the topsoil and all that." I tell people, Centennial Olympic Park's a success, right? Mm-hmm. Plant mortality was virtually zero there, but we didn't use potting mixes or soils. We used the native soils that were there and then just really broke up the soil well. And the shrubs were so happy because they didn't get this false sense of security. They didn't have the root hairs are growing out through all this soft stuff that you put in the hole. And all of a sudden it hits the clay and it's like, wait a second, you lied to me. Right. And instead you're using the native clays broken up well. Um, And if you want to add some uh, amendment, just very small amounts and just mix it up really well so the plants cannot don't get fooled and say you know i'm i'm in hunky dory land here and then i'm going to hit the clay well and one of the calls we get most often i think a mistake gardeners make is digging the hole too deep and obviously at the time they don't realize it but then they're calling us the next year going it's dropping its leaves or the leaves are yellowing so i've seen this trick where you take the the long shovel right and once you have put it in the hole you lay the shovel down across the hole and the base of what you just planted and i mean it 
it needs to be yeah. level height or if not mounted just, just a little bit. slightly higher because it's mm-hmm. going to settle. That's exactly right, Ashley. So when we say dig an extra big hole, it's not an extra deep hole. It's <laughs> right. an extra wide hole. Right. You don't have to dig to China, as a lady said earlier. I mean, <laughs> no. you don't need to go that deep. Well, good. If you, ha- if you need help with more tips like this, Mark is full of them. So please give us a call at 404-872-0750. We'll jump out to the phones and we will take Michael's call from Fayetteville. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Anytime. I've got, I've got uh, some hydrangeas that get morning sun. There's four of them right together, and for the past two years, they have not bloomed. Um, all my neighbors are blooming, but for some reason, mine don't haven't bloomed for the second year, and um, usually they bloom every other year for whatever reason, but this year they didn't bloom again. You know what comes to my mind? I have the same problem. I was in my front yard yesterday looking at my hydrangea going, wait a second, it didn't bloom this year. I, and tell me your thoughts on this, Mark, that snowmageddon two years ago, the ice and the cold and Mm -hmm. the just terrible January we had, when hydrangeas bloom on old wood, the every other year kind of concept, do you think that that is still having a lingering impact on things now, two years later? I, I think it certainly could. And the other thing, um, Michael, I don't know, is this are these in proximity to an area where you're fertilizing a lawn or doing um, more fertility? I use, I'll, I'll spread malorgolite uh, once a year that I'll just put on the lawn and then throw into the shrubs and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, you know, sometimes these things are cyclical. Uh, Oftentimes, besides the uh, Ashley's thought about uh, winter injury that might be still hanging around, um, sometimes I think we have too much fertility going on in hydrangeas, and they just don't take a whole lot. If you haven't had um, a soil analysis done in a while, it'd be nice to know about that and find out if you're, you know, where your phosphorus and potassium levels are. Um, they don't test for nitrogen, but just try to be sure that um, maybe cut back on the fertilizer just a little bit and and see if that helps them to slow down a little bit and then perhaps bloom next year. Okay. So you're thinking they're growing just too, I mean, they're big, they're huge. They're yeah. I, I just know that sometimes, and this happens in, in fruit trees as well, sometimes when we're when when the fertility levels are up, we're getting a lot, of, a lot of vegetative growth, but then we're not getting the reproductive phase, which if you think about it, that's what the flowering is, is a reproductive phase. And so may, maybe dialing back on that a little bit might help. It's worth a try. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call, Michael. You be safe out there. Also, too, the pruning regimen, folks that, I mean, are Georgians mostly are very familiar with hydrangeas, but knowing what to prune and when to prune on hydrangeas because you might prune off the wood that you need for the blooms. Very good point. Mm-hmm. Good. So, all right, next we'd hop out to Joyce in Powder Springs. Joyce jo- joins us on the line. How are you? Um, hi, I was calling in response to the fellow who uh, was looking for ground covers mm-hmm. for a large area. Mm-hmm. I was in Pikes um, last week, and they have a new type of Confederate jasmine that the leaves are, are variegated. They look like they're in bloom with pink and white. Oh, wow. And, oh, it was, it just knocked your eyes out. That's and, really pretty. <laughs> And now there were, there were, I think there were twelve ninety five for one gallon, so it wouldn't be a cheap thing putting it all in there. But if he would like some little relief in trying to cover a very large area, 
you might try pikes and they might have some other ideas great on. suggestion joyce hal if you're out there still listening that is a good suggestion and it is and i, I love that, that plant so quick mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty and, and it has a nice bloom on it too i i th- kind of thought about uh jasmine but it's um something for him to consider for sure great thank you for the suggestion all right next gwen in atl hi gwen hi thank you for taking my call yes i have two maple trees i rescued years ago and they were in small pots and i put them in a big pot with a lot of fertilizer and they're just beautiful this year they're about three feet tall but i sort of remember from past falls when i've had them in a pot they get yellow leaves on them kind of spread around with black spots on them I don't see any bugs, and I want to know. I don't want to plant them if there if there's something wrong with them. What could be causing that? Uh, good question, Gwen. And it could, you know, black spots, uh, yellowing of leaves, and black spots um, to some degree are normal on on many different plants. If if the plant gets the black spot first and then the leaf turns yellow around it, it might be uh, a pathogen. It might be a disease. But remember, some of these um, uh, disease spots that show up aren't truly pathogenic. In other words, they're not what's causing the problem. They're secondary because they help in the uh, kind of the decay of the leaves. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so a certain amount of, of yellowing and leaf drop is normal in any plant anywhere. You think about the fall and, yeah. and what's happening. If we go out in the in the landscape right now and start picking up leaves off the ground, we're going to find leaves that have fallen off or turned yellow or, or dropped off that, that have spots on them. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Um, I would look for a pattern of how much of that there was. And if there was an occasional yellow leaf and an occasional spot, um, I wouldn't worry about it. If it looks like there's a pattern to it or that the spots are the cause, um, then you might take in a sample and always take more than one leaf into your extension office and let them take a look at it with a hand lens or under the microscope and see if if you've got something serious going on. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'll certainly do that. I don't want to plant them if there's something wrong with them. Right, absolutely. Yeah, they, they need to be pretty strong before you plant them and, and think about really committing to that in the landscape. So thank you, Gwen. And thank also, you. black leaf spot, I mean, that's it could be, like you said, a variety of either something environmental or a yeah. bacteria in the worst case or, or a fungus. Yeah, there's fungus, bacteria, endomosporium is a real common one. But it just, I, I think sometimes, and, and I appreciate the thought of not putting something out if it's not okay, but in practicality, particularly if we're taking potted plants and moving them out, there's a certain amount, the, 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 the plant, the tree, the shrub, is always trying to make that balance of how much root system it has and how much top it has. Mm-hmm. And so it's constantly sending hormonal messages. Hey, guys, time to drop a few leaves. We don't have enough roots down here for you. And so it's going to yellow a leaf and drop the leaf off. That's a natural part of the process. If everything was always perfectly in balance, it would be great. But right. most plants are always going through that in some way, shape, or form. Thank you, Mark. All right. Well, next, don't go away. We have Melvin and Austell talking about fertilizing the fruit trees, and we have yet to discuss pruning pear and apple trees. Joe in Kennesaw, when to fertilize grass, all of that. And your questions next, 404-872-0750. This is Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Good morning, folks. 62 degrees, rainy on Peachtree Street. And a quick weather update brought to you by our friends at Ackerman Security. Mild temperatures throughout the day, mostly cloudy skies and an afternoon high in the low 70s. But tonight, skies begin to clear. A chance of showers diminishes. Low temperatures in the mid-50s. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast coming up with Tim Bryant and Kirk Mellish in the next 10 minutes. And Dogs pregame coverage begins at 1130. Kickoff at 330 here on your home of the dogs. Mark Banta, president and CEO of Piedmont Park joins me in studio. Ashley Frasca in for Walter, taking your questions. And Melvin from Austell, good morning. You're next. Good morning. How you doing? Great. How about you? I'm doing good. I was calling to see if it's time to uh, start fertilizing the fruit trees. What do you have? Now. What fruit trees do you have? Uh, uh, peach tree, pear trees, and plum tree. Good for you. It is not the time right now, Melvin. It's it's good to uh, in a, in another month or two we're going to be in the time to prune them, and you need to uh, train them if you're not training them um, if they're younger trees. But fertilization is done in the spring. Okay. Yep. It's the time. It's the time to prune the lower the lower limbs. It not yet. I, I want you to wait about another month and a half, two months, so that we can yeah. get into December when the leaves are gone off the trees. Then we can right. start shaping them. All right, then. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Melvin. You too. And just kind of keep in mind, folks, general general rules of fertilization. When something's really actively growing, that's when it needs food. Just like when your kids are teenagers and they eat you out of house and home. Kind of the same concept, right, Mark? Exactly right. Oh, good. All right. Well, coming up on 758 here on WSB, Ashley Frasca, Mark Banta, Lawn and Garden Show. You join us as well or join the conversation on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Ashley Frasca, Twitter. At Ashley Frasca WSB. We'll take questions that way too. Why not? Or 404 872 0750. This is WSB.